Welcome to Alabama AgCast, a weekly conversation about news and issues affecting Alabama farmers and forest landowners. Alabama AgCast is produced by the Alabama Farmers Federation. Hello and welcome to this week's Alabama AgCast. I'm your host, Mike Moody. In our studio today, we've got Colton Christian. Colton is our new commodity director for dairy, pork, and poultry. Welcome, Colton. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for having me on today. I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Today, he's going to put on his poultry hat as we discuss a new proposed rule from the Ag Marketing Service, a division of the Department of Agriculture. Colton, let me ask you this. The AMS is proposing a new poultry rule that is centered around a poultry growing arrangement between the integrator and the grower. What does this new rule mean for our poultry growers? Well, thanks, Mike. Like I say, thanks for the opportunity to be here. And and like I say, we're in the poultry hat today. Um, Poultry is obviously the biggest commodity that we have in the state. And so uh, obviously with that comes a lot of uh, new changes and uh, a lot of regulations. And so uh, this will kind of take you through some of the the biggest news around the poultry industry. Uh, But I first kind of want to take our audience through kind of the history to kind of lay this out to give a little bit more clarification on how this all came about. Uh, back in 2010, GIPSA, which is the Grain Inspection Packers and Stockyards Act, they issued a, a proposed rule that is very similar to what we're going to discuss today, uh, which just wanted to talk about unfair, unjustly, and deceptive uh, practices related to poultry contracting between the integrator and the growers. Um, in 2017, the Ag Marketing Service came in and said, you know what, um, we, we want to kind of take take the reins on this and take it in a new direction. And uh, since then, uh, the a- AMS, Ag Marketing Service, has taken this over, uh, has full responsibility for this uh, rulemaking that we'll talk about. And so uh, as, we, as we break this down, it gets very specific, um, and I'll do my best to try to relay the message as, as uh, clearly as possible. But... Uh, essentially what this means for our poultry growers as we see this rule today uh, the proposal would revise the list of disclosures and information integrators must provide to the poultry growers with whom the integrators make poultry growing arrangements and this proposal would establish additional disclosure requirements in connection with the use of grower ranking systems by the integrator to determine settlement payments for poultry growers the proposals listed are intended to uh, promote a, a, a transparency between uh, the poultry integrators and the growers within the contracting system and to give current and future growers uh, relevant information with which to make better business decisions. You mentioned that integrators will have to provide uh, information. What new information will be available to the poultry growers? And, and and this is where it gets uh, very specific, and uh, I will leave in the show notes a link to, to where you can go in and, and look at each one of these specifically. Um, but as as this rule stands today, and, and proposed rules can change at any time, uh, but where we are sitting at today, uh, this rule is 155 pages long. Um, so although I won't be diving into each specific rule, I'm just going to highlight uh, a few of the things that I felt would be most pertinent to our growers. Um, first of all, uh, the biggest thing that will kind of, this will umbrella the rest of the, the story here, but it's the disclosure document. And this document will be uh, provided from the Ag Marketing Service to the integrators. Uh, but basically, this disclosure document 
will be given to the growers uh, at the beginning of their grow out period and all these things that I'll discuss will be in this document um, but essentially uh, the integrator will be required to provide the grower within 24 hours of chick placement information such as stocking density breed and gender information the hatchery in which the chicks came from parent flock information and also any adjustments to the grower pay based on the integrator inputs now these in integrator inputs um, obviously our growers have zero control over and these variabilities are density variabilities which are essentially the integrator says I'm gonna put this amount of chicks in in a house and some growers have smaller houses some growers have bigger houses which are the mega houses so how many chicks are placed in each house is determined 100% by the integrator the grower has zero say so in that and so um, those are those are some of the things that will have to be provided from the integrator this is how many chicks we're going to put in your house now the next thing is gender ratios and, and gender ratios some hatcheries sex chicks some hatcheries do not so it just depends on geographically where the integrator is located, uh, depends on if they sex the chicks or not. Some complexes require uh, all females, some complexes do a straight run where you have males and females in the same house. So just depending on the customer base in which each complex uh, has depends on the gender ratio. So that information will also have to be provided to the growers saying, hey, we're going to put this many females in your house and this many males if it's a straight run house. Uh, next thing that will have to be available is parent flock information. And this is a, a very important aspect, I feel, as, as our growers have never had information such as this before uh, from the integrator. Uh, parent flocks determine basically genetics of, of your birds. So information such as the age in which the parent flock is. So essentially your younger parent flocks have smaller eggs which is a smaller chick which can affect the the quality of the chick which is going to be a higher mortality in the first seven days and a little bit grower slower uh, grow out period your um, conversely your older parent flocks they're obviously older in age and as right. you get get older you start losing your sporting ability uh, but essentially uh, these older flocks, they just uh, the quality of the chick isn't there anymore. Again, slower grow out, more health issues, things of that nature. So, information to our growers uh, that will tell them basically any information they want to know about the parent flock is is is, is very good. I feel like I'll also tell you uh, where the parent flock was in terms of geographical location. Uh, tell you things of that nature. Next thing is important to our growers that will be included in this disclosure document will be feed disruptions. Now feed disruptions are not always integrator controlled. Uh, sometimes things happen at the feed mill uh, due to any circumstances. The, the power may go out. You know, there may be something that's, a, that's the issue there. So, you know, we'll talk about this a little bit more in just a moment, but um, the integrator will have to provide the grower how long they were out of feed and, and basically why. Hmm. And the last thing uh, about input variability would be medications. Obviously, you, you try to stay away from medication, but there are certain times where flocks have to be administered medication through a veterinarian. And so um, that information will be available to the growers as well as who had medications or who did not. Uh, so moving on just a little bit more about the, the highlights here. 
um, the disclosure document would also have information on the length of the contract. You know, some contracts are three years, some contracts are five years. Uh, so up front, the, the grower will know how long this contract will be for. And they'll also know how many uh, number of guaranteed placements will be in that contract. So that's something the integrator cannot guarantee right now. Uh, based on out times or whatnot, but essentially that's something that the world want to know. How many flocks am I going to get that year? Mm -hmm. Am I going to get three? Or am I going to get six? And this is information that they have they've not been privy to. Well, not uh, been privy to before. It. The integrator does not guarantee you to have any amount of flocks in a given year. Uh, so this will help our growers to be able to to make better financial and business decisions to their specific operation that they haven't ever had before. Because if you can see it in the front end, you can plan a little bit more into the future. Sure. And there's a lot of uncertainties here going into the future. And the last thing they're going to uh, put in this disclosure document when it comes to um, this specific rule uh, will be notification of certain risk uh, in, inherent in the agreement. Um, and there's a lot of risk involved in, in anything, but uh, the integrator will have to provide anything that they know of that might be of a risk going into it. Uh, the next proposed uh, rule up under this disclosure document uh, that would require the integrator to provide each grower a copy of a ranking sheet that shows the grower's precise position in the ranking for that grow-out period. And this is this is done to a, a sense now, currently as it stands today, uh, but this, this goes a little bit deeper into what is provided to the grower in relation to the uh, grow-out period and, or the ranking that they're in during that time. So the integrator will be required to show the housing specifications and the actual figures upon which the ranking is based for each grower ranked in the system during the specified grow-out period. So again, this just gives a plethora of information to the grower, whether the grower necessarily needs it or not, if, if it helps them make a better business decision, uh, this is what this is provided for. It's never a dull day on the farm, especially when your day starts before the sun comes up. We're Alabama Ag Credit, and while some don't get it, we do. As the local experts in rural real estate financing, we've helped farmers finance everything from homes and land to tractors and crops. Because sometimes your natural resources need financial resources. I just dive a little bit deeper into this. Uh, integrators would also be required to make visible to all uh, growers in the grower ranking system the distribution of integrator-controlled inputs provided to all participants. So this is going to be uh, extremely important in terms of implementation of this and what it looks like at the end of the day. Uh, but just given a level playing field, uh, creating more transparency between what the, what's happening at the integrator level and what's happening at the grower level. Uh, the integrator would also be required to report the number of feed disruptions of 12 hours or more each grower's experienced during the grow-out period. And as I talked about earlier, some of it's controlled uh, by the integrators through feed inventories. Uh, and it's very important just because each point counts at the end of the day towards those poundages that are calculated. Mm -hmm. So the more time that these, these birds are out of feed, that's that's weight that they're not gaining, and so if if it's an issue with uh, feed inventories and things of that nature, the integrators control a little bit of that. But in terms of a um, disruptions at the feed mill, those are you know naturally uh, or unnaturally caused, and 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 not necessarily the integrator can help that. But 
those those informations will be available. And then finally, just the, just the last highlight of uh, what this rule kind of entails, uh, the integrator will be required to identify any growers' flocks that received any other inputs delivered or administered to the poultry on the participating growers' facilities during the grow-out period. For an example, um, on this settlement sheet uh, will be available to the growers if uh, one grower received antibiotics in their flock for any reason, such as necrotic enteritis or anything that required a veterinarian prescribed antibiotic, that information will be available as well. Uh, so with all that being said, the, and, and how it's written today, these, this proposed rule is only for your large integrators. This proposed rule would uh, exempt small integrators. And what I mean by small integrators is how they have it listed today is less than 2 million pounds harvested per week, mm -hmm. which simplified into, into more uh, easier to understand terms. On a four and a half pound bird, that's about 444,000 head per week killed. And then on an eight pound bird, that's about 250,000, which isn't a whole lot considering most of your large integrators are harvesting upwards of 290,000 chickens per day. Wow. So that, that tells you the, the difference in the, your small integrators versus your large integrators. You were talking earlier about the grower ranking system. Will this proposed rule change the grower ranking system at all that integrators currently use to settle those grow-out periods? The easy answer to that is no, it will not. Uh, the, the long answer to that is the, the way that the contracts are settled now is there still be in a tournament style, style system. This proposed rule will just make it more transparent and give the grower more information in which to make business decisions. How things are done today, there's, there's two ways that you can settle. One is a fixed performance system, which you sell based upon a, you, you get paid based upon a fixed uh, entities such as basically a, a low mortality. You get paid if you have a low mortality. Mm -hmm. You get paid higher. Uh, also on fee conversion, if you have a high fee conversion and a low mortality, you might get paid higher on those fixed uh, performance-based systems. Uh, however, primarily most of our uh, integrators have a tournament pay system, which which most of our growers here in in the state of Alabama are very well aware of because they 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 live in them every day, uh, but essentially you you compete on a let's just say a group of ten growers and within a given week and you compete with each other, and at the end of the day um, when you settle uh, it's based on an average weight and fee conversion. There's a calculation that the integrators may use, uh, but essentially uh, if if you are above average, you will get paid higher. If you're below average, you'll get paid lower. And so that's how most of our uh, growers are settled today. And you were saying that this rule kind of drops that veil so that the information the integrator has has to be shared with all of the growers uh, that are in that group. Is that right? That's right. That's right. If if you're in, in, a, in a ranking system with 10 growers, information will be provided to you and you'll be able to see a lot of information that you've never been able to see before in terms of what's happening on another person's farm in terms of how the integrator's inputs affect that particular farm versus how it affects your farm. Mm -hmm. 
I know this has just been proposed, but uh, if it's approved, when would this rule uh, take effect? Well, this, this rule just dropped in the Federal Register on June the 8th, and so uh, typically a comment period will be 61 days. After that period, the, the USDA will collect all the comments from that, uh, and barring any significant comments, and, and once they, they read through all of those, that they'll make any final revisions on this proposed rule, uh, and then they uh, will essentially, by the end of the year, hopefully, uh, have have this ready to go. Uh, so in terms of how quick it could take effect, it could be as quick as this fall. Mm -hmm. It may lead into the, the early part of 2023. It just depends on uh, any, any setbacks from uh, comments from the uh, public and, and things of that nature. So... Um, Hopefully, uh, this could be something that, that's going to go down the pipe here pretty soon. Interesting. We've got a lot of poultry growers out there among our members. What can they do to impact the final outcome or the final rule? And and that's what's very important is, is we want to encourage uh, participation uh, for our growers' voices to be heard, uh, whether you like it, whether you don't like it, or, or you, you may not know. Uh, so that's something that, that we want to uh, educate our growers on and give them opportunity to to speak on this. And in the show notes, we'll leave the link that, that our growers can go to to, to leave a comment. Uh, these, the comment period is open. Uh, just follow the links in there, and it'll take you right where you need to go. Just make your voice be heard. That's that's one thing. If, if you don't like it, um, put it in there, and it'll, it'll give... Uh, another perspective to things, and it'll give the uh, other side some things to look at. Maybe need to revise some things in the in the current proposed rule that they have. And if you like it, uh, comment on that as well, and let them know what they're doing is a good job. And um, I'll also leave in the show notes the proposed rule that stands today, so you can go in there and really dig into it deeper than what we were able to get into today to familiarize yourself more with that. Well, Colton, thank you so much for being with us today, and I guess you better check out those show notes because there's going to be a ton of stuff in there. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's a lot. To, like I say, it's 155 55 pages long, and um, there's a lot of information, but just want to do it justice and, and do our growers justice, and I uh, want to make sure that our growers are taken care of in the right way. Just want to give it 100%. And make sure that, that, that what is being proposed is going to be best at the end of the day uh, for our farmers. All right. Well, Colton, thanks again for being here and staying on top of this very deep subject. We hope that we'll have you back again and we can talk about its progress or how it uh, moves on. So thank you for being here. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. And now, your weekly AgCast wrap-up. Hi everyone, this is Blake Thaxton, Director of the Alabama Fruit and Vegetable Growers Association. I want to give our listeners the opportunity to save the date for the 2023 AFVGA Annual Conference and Trade Show. The conference will be held on February 9 and 10 at the Lodge at Gulf State Parks in Gulf Shores, Alabama. We have changed the conference time frame from the fall to the new date in February. The AFVGA board feels this will give the ability of more growers from across the state to participate in the conference. Some new parts of the conference will be the inclusion of the Alabama Sweet Potato Growers Association, who will be hosting their annual meeting at the conference. The Alabama Pecan Growers Association will be hosting a workshop for growers interested in getting started or diversifying into pecans. The AFBGA board is determined to make the conference a family event. 
The location was chosen as Gulf Shores for this reason. The evening of the 9th at the conference will have a reception which will be a great time for the whole family to enjoy. Please visit the AFBGA Conference Events Facebook page linked in the show notes. More information will be released via the AFBGA Facebook page over the next several months. Registration will open on November 1st. Again, I am Blake Thaxton, and that will wrap up this week, and we look forward to being with you next time. Alabama AgCast is sponsored by our friends at Alabama AgCredit. Give them a call for all your farm and land financing needs. For more information about today's conversation, check out the show notes or visit alphafarmers.org slash agcast. Be sure to follow Alabama Farmers Federation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next week for another timely conversation from Alabama AgCast.